Hey, and welcome back to the TCC podcast. Today's topic of discussion is going to be um, immigration. Some of the subtopics that we're going to be discussing today are um, detention centers, DACA, some of the education impacts that immigration has, and then um, international immigration. Those are included, but not limited to. <laughs> okay. Oh, and we have guests. <laughs> Sorry, we have guests. Would you like to introduce yourselves? <laughs> Hi, I'm Sophie Eiserman. I'm Dennis. Last name's Samariak. The whole thing is fine. <laughs> my social security number. Oh, <laughs> my credit card number. Is and I'm Erica. Three. What's up? <laughs> Erica, are you a guest? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. Who, who wants to start? Why are you giving me the mic? Who, does anyone want to start? I mean, there's this one article that I saw. It's, um, it's the Dallas Morning News. So um, it says that um, citizenship, other legal immigration benefits are getting pricier under new Trump policy. So... Essentially, what they're saying is they are rising the cost of applications for a uh, for U.S. citizenship by 83 percent. You. Yeah, Sophie, input. <laughs> Sophie, um, do you have any comments? I read a sim- similar article actually, and I found it very surprising because I didn't think that you that that would be allowed to up the price to become a U.S. citizen. You would think that that would be. I don't know, illegal in some way, but I was surprised that he's actually trying to do it and get away with that. Like, I feel like if you raise the prices, it would promote illegal immigration, if anything, because, like, people wouldn't be as inclined to want to purchase and, like, spend their money to gain citizenship. Like, I feel like it w- it's going against the problem that he's trying to fix, which is kind of stupid, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like just personally, realistically, all that would do is just act as a deterrent for people to, you know, like follow the legal immigration process. And I think that's part of the problem that we have nowadays is that immigration is just too much of like a lengthy and complicated process. And that's why so many choose not to go through the process the legal way. I mean, um, most people who are immigrants come here with little to nothing at all. And so by making this price so much higher, they're really just going to make them not want to pay it. And even the ones that do come here and get jobs, most of them are uh, just labor jobs that don't have very high pay. And if managers know that they are an immigrant, they can uh, manipulate the pay based off of that. So most likely these people are not making that much money. So raising the price is just going to give you more undocumented citizens. Um, I would have to agree with Sophie. Um, Really, the it, it really comes down to the lack of the ability to pay for such application. I mean, if you take into consideration the backgrounds of these people, uh, they, for I mean, the migration stems from several countries. It's not just the common stereotype of um, Mexican illegal immigrants. It it it's, it goes out to all countries, but they all have something in relation. That's the fact that they all come from impoverished situations, really. Okay, so you said it was raised by 83% from what? 
83%. Um, <laughs> From what? It doesn't give me a base price. All I know is that the proposition was raised in 2017 and just throwing. No, yeah, yeah I was going to say, because I was looking at it now and it says it's $320 US dollars, which like, oh. that's a lot. Even for me, <laughs> like yeah. for all of us, like yeah. that's a lot. And especially if you're going from, if you're coming from a different country. Yeah. If you're coming from Mexico, the peso is worth so much less compared to the U.S. dollar. So you can come over here with like thousands of pesos, which is not like hardly anything. Which is probably going to be like 20 bucks then, in like U.S. Yeah, dollars. And you're going to be completely like out of luck. Wait, well, there was a, a personal account story from dude named Marco, he's keeping his last name um, anonymous, keep himself safe. Um, <laughs> so he says that he has already paid between $4,000 to $5,000 waiting in the line for, for, uh, for uh, citizenship. So that's post-application, that's him waiting in line for. And um, I'm not aware of any fees other than the application, but his personal account states $4,000 to $5,000. Now he states he won't be able to pay it with an 83% increase in that cost. I mean, yeah, if the original price is three twenty, dollars an 83% increase, that would just give it to uh, 585 which is a lot, especially for someone who's new to the country. And like Dennis said, there's probably many other things that they make you pay for, and that is just purely the application. Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> well, from what I see on uh, the uh, Dallas Morning News, it states that the application was in the 600s, and it's raising to well over $1,200. Well, that's that's the final application. That's it's not just the 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 starting wave or the um, uh, flyer and what else comes along with that. Yeah, and I think that just like you know speaks volumes to how um, how difficult the immigration process is in this country because the immigration process is done by like a lottery system. So countries um, in Latin America like Mexico that have such a high influx of immigration to the United States, obviously like since there's so many people from Mexico specifically trying to come to the United States, if you are a Mexican citizen trying to like immigrate legally into the United States, it's going to be a much harder process for you versus if you were coming from like a smaller eastern european country that doesn't have such a high number of immigrants into the u.s well here, here's a funny statistic um so uscis actually received 17 percent fewer applications from 2017 throughout the first three quarters of uh 2018 um although the processing times of those applications actually decreased or um, increased up to uh, 19%. Yeah, just to add on what Dennis said, like the USCIS application takes up to seven months to 33 months to process, which is like a long time for a lot of people. And like some might not want to wait that long since, you know, they have families to take care of, jobs and all that stuff. And even for like, I'm looking right here, <laughs> the mic is fine. <laughs> for, <laughs> for um, like the application fee for non-immigrant visas is like one sixty, in comparison to the application fee for like immigration paperwork. So I feel like that just kind of like goes to show that more would probably feel more inclined to apply for visas because it's a lot cheaper 
And a lot of immigrants usually come here by overstaying their visas. So that kind of like adds to the idea that there's going to be more people either purchasing visas or just straight up coming here illegally, which is a problem. (laughs) Because if we're trying to combat illegal immigration, it's not going to happen if we're raising the prices of immigration papers and then people start overstaying their visas or they straight up want to come here illegally because they can't pay for any of that stuff. What do you guys feel about the in-person interviews uh, that are slowly becoming a requirement along uh, or among the agencies? Like immigrants are being interviewed? Yeah, uh, right. it's, it's in-person interviews. They're trying to get this more to become more of a uh, norm rather than a taboo thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's essentially just your, uh, just a normal interview, but it's in person, so it exposes the person. Personally, I think that is a kind of an awful idea. I understand the logic behind it and being like, oh, well, if they see how this person is and actually get to talk to them, maybe they'll be more sympathetic. But I think it might actually do the, like, the opposite because I'm just worried about people putting a face on it and if you are racist or sexist or homophobic though your personal biases are going to be inaccounted for someone's citizenship and I feel like you could go into a personal um, interview talk to somebody and then maybe they say something that rubs you the wrong way and you think they're a jerk and then you're going to mark them down a bunch and I think that making it a personal interview puts it too much on the person's personality when really it should just be about this just the person and uh I agree. Yeah, I think that um, like personal biases are too much of a factor here. And um, yeah, like there's too much to take into account, like someone's personality, like if it could rub someone the wrong way. And I think that what like if there were to be like a personal like personal interviews that were to be done, I think the main thing that needs to be like looked at here is just like the information on paper, like how long they've been here, like if someone has overstayed their visa, what country they're coming from and just like that sort of information. Yeah, um, that eliminate essentially our uh, lottery system. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, in, in in my opinion, it wouldn't be so much lottery if it if it would be so heavily influenced by um, personal bias. Really, I guess that's true. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I'm for it. Um, I'm for the. Uh, You're for it without personal bias. Yeah, then? yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It it should be. Not necessarily anonymous, but it should be a lottery system. I think on paper, it's a great idea. I just think you have to account for how people actually are. And I feel like if you just go into it thinking that everyone's going to be completely unbiased and it's going to be great and they're all just going to get to learn more about these immigrants, then that's more of like a naive kind of thinking because in reality, people are not like that. I mean, it's a sad truth that people are going to look at someone and judge them and be like, oh, I don't want this person in my country. I mean, you could have someone who's like, you think it's like really hot and be like, dang, like I want him in my country. Like it just, there's too much personal bias yeah. upon it to, for it to work out. <laughs> it's going to live by you or something. <laughs> no, but the, that. That is a good point though, because I feel like, like it, it depends solely on like, even if we were to start implementing that, it would honestly depend on like who we put out there, you know, to kind of like do these like personal interviews because it's like, if you have people who, like, for example, have, like, certain, like, political alignment or, like, bias or something like that, they could easily start discriminating against um, a bunch of people. And if you have, like, moderate, you know, people, for example, like, there wouldn't be as much bias. So there's all, 
there's not only like personal bias but like political bias and overall the process might sound nice like you guys were saying but like in the end it's probably not going to play out as most people would want it to i also worry about the language barrier that I mean, too I'm yeah not all of them will speak um english and so hopefully they would have a translator but then i feel like again that would just make if you were interviewing someone you would much rather deal with someone who doesn't need a translator and be like oh well they already know english so they're better for the country yeah you know I mean? and i feel like that would again throw off the um the picking process. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> um, no, I think we're actually going to so, move uh, on yeah. to... <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Okay. No, I kind of wanted to shift it. So, like, we have the immigration status, obviously. But I kind of wanted to move on to the um, status of the detention centers Ooh. currently. At the border and in, like, different states. Um, so, a uh, little fun little thing. Not really fun. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Texas, and I think it's called Sugarland, and that is right by the border and detention centers. And she said how it is completely awful. I mean, she will literally see ice dragging away. So she's seen it, like, firsthand. No, she has, like, literally seen That's it. Crazy. I mean, from, like, down the street, she can see the detention centers. And she has seen, like, parents and kids being ripped away from them, uh, each other and just, like, people, like, crying and, like, wailing, trying to – can you guys not? We're talking about the tension <laughs> And people, like, crying and wailing and begging to just go back with their families. And she said it's just so horrible to see – to, like, live, like, right by it and see it right there. Oh, what, What's uh, that one city called again? Town? Uh, it's, like, Sugar something. I think it's Sugarland. Sounds uh... – Contradictory. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, these detention centers. I've seen some pictures, and man, there's a lot of crowded human rights for one. violations yeah. going on there. Like you can't deny that. Like there's a lot of violations of human rights happening. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Sophie has confirmed it is called Sugarland of Texas. Yep. So, uh, as the name implies, it's not sugarly over Shout there. Shout out to Bella Kumar. <laughs> Yeah, there's also these camps for kids, too. So, like, if you think the, that the adults one are bad, like, look at the kids. They're, like, being thrown. They're separated from their families. They literally have nothing. Like, it's just sad to see that, like, happen along the borders. Like, all the videos and pictures, like Dennis or one of you guys said. And it creates a very, like, tricky situation because, obviously, like, a lot of the parents aren't U.S. citizens, but their kids, like, a lot of them, like, were born here. But even then, just because, like, their parents aren't U.S. citizens, a lot of these kids are being taken into detention centers because, like, if, like, you know, if, like, the government's going to deport their parents, like, who's going to take care of these kids, you know? Yeah, I'm assuming a lot of the kids are dreamers. And so, I mean, if I was a parent and I had, like, an 8-year-old at home, I'm not going to tell them that we're hopping over the border illegally. And that, you know, originally, oh, we're moving. So then they're ho- they're already illegal citizens. They don't even know it, most likely, because who's going to explain that to their five-year-old? Right. And now they're being ripped away from their parents, again, probably having no idea why, in front of them. And they're just, like, sitting there, like, trying to play with their dolls. Like, what, literally, what the hell's Not going on? Not even dolls. Like, <laughs> I'm sure even with, uh, with uh, children that were born in the U.S. to illegal uh, parents, I mean, that, that makes them a U.S. citizen. Although, uh, I'm sure... That's exactly where confusion arises yeah. um, when it comes to separating people and uh, putting them together. 
Well, like, especially if these kids, you know, came here at a young age, like, they don't really consider themselves a citizen of whatever country they're going to be deported back to. They consider themselves a citizen of the United States because they've lived here for, like, exactly. It's all they know. Like, they've lived here for their whole lives. So, like, how are we supposed to send them back to a place where they have, like, no connections or, like, no family or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's really all the kids know, and they probably only speak English, or maybe they speak both languages, but most likely not. And how traumatic is that? To have to grow up without both of your parents, not really understanding why. And because, like, it's not even like you're an orphan and they're dead. Like, you know that they're alive. You just mm-hmm. can't be with them. Like, that is so, like, traumatic for these young kids to have to deal with. And so, Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you can go ahead. All right. So uh, do, do you guys think that these detention centers are uh, these crowded? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm looking at several pictures here, and they all look pretty crowded. Um, they're surrounded by chain link fences, and they're sleeping on the floor, really, on uh, these green mats. So here's my question. Is it, is it due to a lack of uh, funding, really, these uh, detention centers for an expansion for such things? Sophie, what do you think? I mean, I don't really hear you. Are you just reading Sophie? Or, or, <laughs> or Wyatt, or anyone, anyone? I'll, I'll go ahead, Wyatt. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think, I honestly don't think it's a lack of funding. I think people look at these people and they're like, oh, well, since they're not U.S. citizens, like, they don't deserve luxuries. Luxuries as in being, like, clean food and a clean place to, like, just be and a bed to sleep in. I think people look at them and they're like, oh, well, since they don't deserve to be here, they don't deserve to have, like, just, like, uh, necessities. And I think that it's really not a matter of funding. I think it's more of just a matter of, honestly, probably just, like, racism and nationalism. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I hate to say that, like, it's not an issue of funding here and that, like, something could be done about it. But I think, like, it goes to something deeper that, like, it's mainly just people's prejudices and it's, like, intolerance as a whole that they look at, you know, these people are immigrants, they're different from us, and so therefore, like, they should be treated differently. And I think it's that, like, sentiment that has, like, stuck around for so long. Yeah, and, like, I don't think it's, like, lack of funding because, like, I see an article here on the LA list, and it says, like, despite a ban, like, feds want to, like, add more immigration detention centers. And, like, I think they just add it because, like, literally in the pictures, like Dennis was, said, was saying, they're, like, in fences, like, animals. Like, that's not how humans should be treated, like... And plus, like, when, like, nah, no, but when, um, like, I remember when it was, like, a huge thing, like, junior year or something like that, when, like, everyone was talking about the immigration detention centers, and the, right, 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 last year, sorry, <laughs> but, um, people were talking about the conditions in the camps and how there's, like, like, they don't have access to things like soap or, like, clean, like, like toiletries or anything like that they sleep under foil pretty much well at the time it was like they were they had these like thin aluminum like blankets or whatever and everyone was talking about that and the administration tried to defend themselves by saying that that didn't like qualify as a necessity like cleanliness didn't qualify as a necessity with that which i think is inhumane kind well, yeah, of when, when it like, comes to soap i mean it's Products. Yeah, and I'm sorry, oh but <laughs> that is pretty much a necessity. Yeah. Like, you know, we already have a luxury tax on it, which is another discussion. But. Well, I mean, the CDC proposed uh, that they get 
flu vaccines. They they vaccinate all the uh, migrants in the detention centers, but um, the all of them actually uh, refused such such action be taken. So I mean that that just I mean I don't know. I've I've been reading a lot of articles that state that uh, these detention centers are just really a ticking time bomb when it comes to uh, health hazards. Well, I think it's also not just like a health hazard thing, but like just in terms of like basic human rights. Cause like, if you're like, if you look at like on a legal level, like what, I mean, Trump is doing like with the detention centers, like it's not like, there's no way that like it's legal. Like there's, there's different like treaties and stuff like that that have been signed by like the UN that like condemn his actions like with these detention centers. Like you can't, there is no legal way that you can separate like a mother from their child. Uh, if we are finished, I would like to move the conversation on to DACA because I know a lot of people are very strongly against it. And I wanted to hear what you guys think because I know the argument is that, oh, well, these kids, you know, most of them are grown now and they were preteens when they got um, over the border. So they knew what was going on and they should have stayed over the border. And so what do you think about um, Trump's uh, opinion to revoke DACA? I mean, personally, like, I don't really agree with that because, I mean, like, yeah, they might have been like teens or like preteens, like when their parents came over the border. But like, are they supposed to go against like the wishes of like their family and then just like willfully like stay behind while like all of their family goes across the border just because they're trying to like obey the law, you know? Because like they're all like, what's gonna happen? They're just gonna stay in like Mexico or like Latin America and be like separated from like everything that they've ever known just because like they don't want to like follow their parents when they come over here. Like, I don't necessarily agree that. You know, like, oh, they they were old enough to, like, make the right choice. So, like, therefore, like, they should just go back. Well, uh, none, nonetheless, whether or not it's uh, the parents' fault for illegally crossing the border, I mean, it's not the child's fault in this situation. So, uh, either way, um, I don't believe anything should happen with the child other than a uh, – other than – given more attempts to become a U.S. citizen, really, if they were born here. Or, never mind, they don't have to because they were born here. But if they came here e- even at an early age, um, I feel that there should be some, some sort of an exception made. And definitely this, uh, this only uh, perpetuates a uh, bad thing. Yeah, I don't remember who said it, but they said, like, when you come here, like, this is all you've ever known. And with these kids, since they came as preteens, they probably already have, like, jobs maybe like families with them so like if you like what's it called um take away this program like they basically lose everything their jobs families and all because of like what trump basically doesn't want immigrants in here like that's kind of you know yeah i mean that's that's like what i'm thinking too is because these kids you know i mean if even if you're like let's say that you cross the border even with your parent parents illegally even at like our age let's say like 17 you're still not going to want to live on your own like if your whole family is leaving the country and you are not like a full-fledged adult with a house and life for yourself odds are you're gonna want to follow them and I feel like it's a good program that helps these kids that didn't quite have a choice in the situation make a better life for themselves yeah I agree and I think that like you know in the big picture of things like there's not really a reason for them to be like deported back anyways because like 
most of these kids are taking advantage of the DACA program and like are going to school and stuff like exactly like what are they doing that's like so bad here that like (laughs) but like why like why do we like need to like deport these people like there's absolutely like no reason if they're sitting here and they're like paying taxes and they're contributing and stuff like that and well here's the answer we don't exactly <laughs> done yeah i mean they're issued work permits too well yeah I mean, exactly like if you have a, if you have like a k-1 work visa like why do you need to be like deported if you're sitting here like actually working too and paying taxes like yeah what differentiates you between some other like 17 year old kid your own age who doesn't work <laughs> they're probably more useful to society <laughs> exactly i mean i know people in my family that are like less working and motivated than they are and they're U.S. citizens. And also, can we talk about the fact that Melania Trump uh, was an immigrant and then she (laughs) married Trump to get her citizenship and then brought the rest of her family over here. So, Trump, buddy. Well, yeah, and then he's trying to, like, end birthright citizenship, which is, like, absolutely ridiculous because he talked about, you know, like, one of Trump's, like, big things that, like, he was really serious about was, like, you know, standing up for the military and like sticking up for like military families and stuff like that but like he wanted to end birthright citizenship for US service members who were like serving abroad which means like if you if like someone is in the military and like they're out of the country like serving or whatever and like their spouse like gives birth that means like that kid will not end up being a US citizen because it wasn't technically born in the United States that that's interesting i know um for active duty um, military personnel, they get uh, their children could actually get a dual citizenship between the U.S. and whatever uh, mm-hmm. nation they, they they were born in. And that that's all I know as far as that. Um, but yeah, that that sounds outrageous. I mean, yeah. crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> no, but like. Like you guys were saying earlier, like they're functioning members of society, so there's absolutely no reason. Like I feel like the only thing that they're like really like genuinely focused on is like the immigration status mm-hmm. of these people. Like oh, like even though they're not like a citizen or like full like a full citizen, that still shouldn't mean that their status is up for debate because they are contributing to society. So it's not like there's anything wrong with them technically being here. But like, I mean, I'm sure not all of them are like completely like go getters for the country. But right. like, even like most of them, the one that are, they have a motivation. And to want even it. Americans, I mean, we're known as like the lazy fat country. Like, you know, <laughs> we can't be on our high horses and be like, you need to work and get a job. Like, I mean, most of like there's you know unemployment, like a whole other issue, yeah. and that's mostly citizens. Well, it, it's not even a full, full granted stay, full on come come live with us it, it's just yeah. a two-year extension really so i mean that's that's more than enough time in my opinion to get yourself situated yeah, uh, with the united states i mean but why why would such a program be taken away i mean because like through those two years people are able to obtain like legal permanent residence and like or like if you know like they're able to go through that process through the program which i think would promote legal immigration if anything because if you're giving these people like the time span and the ability to be able to like fill out the proper paperwork and come here legally either through like a green card like residency kind of thing or even like a visa or something like that it would promote legal immigration which i feel like like our admin would want more than illegal immigration 
Would you feel that um, parents seeking to uh, make a better life for their children would take that option uh, through through you, you know exploiting DACA and just not? Um, I mean, I guess then wait in line for that one the lottery number to fall on them. I mean, like personally, I wouldn't really call it like exploiting just because. Um, they're sort of like making the best out of a bad situation just because like the US immigration system is so screwed up. And especially like if there's someone, I know I, I know this is stereotypical, but like especially like if it's a family like trying to come here from like Mexico to the United States, like realistically, how are they even gonna get like not only a work visa or like a legal residency permit, but like how are they even gonna get like a tourist visa at all just to come here in the first place? If they're coming from a country like Mexico, where there's such a high number of people that want to come to the United States, so I think that, like, in this case, DACA is really the best option. Uh, okay, so I don't know any of this for sure, but my idea of DACA is that it's a long process to get in and to get issued DACA. So I don't think people would exploit it because most of the people that are um, immigrating, they are fleeing their country because there are... I mean, you, you hear the stories, uh, their towns will be blown up and their neighbors are dead and most of their rest of their family's dead. And in that moment, you're not going to wait to get issued DACA. You're just going to flee to the country that you think is could be your new safe home. So I don't think people would exploit DACA because I think DACA is mostly there for the people that um, are willing to wait for the process to work. And the rest of them are more just like, I need to get out of where I am because it's just it's just not safe. Yeah, it takes 90 days to um, to process, like, the whole deck of forms and everything. So, um, And so, Sophie, you touched on uh, the uh, the fact that some, some uh, migrants just want to get out of that hole that they're in right now, whether it's uh, poverty or uh, gang relations, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, and it's a bad situation. Well, throwing it out there for asylum... Uh, they, they also rose the prices. The 83% also covers asylum applications. So now they will have to pay for their asylum applications, and it rose 83%. Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of people have this perception <laughs> that, um, like, illegal immigrants or, like, illegal immigration is something that is, like, creating this, like, quote-unquote, like, impending danger for the United States and that, like, you know, people are coming over here that are, like, bringing just like like crime and stuff like that and I think that's honestly like a false narrative because most of these people are coming over here to work and honestly like most of them are probably like so traumatized from like all the stuff that like they've had to go through in their homecoming or th their home country so I think that like it's not really fair to get rid of the DACA process. Well I just think that stigma is so just far-fetched because if I'm someone who's fleeing the country to try to get a better life, I'm already going to be attracting a lot of attention. The last thing I'm going to be have on my body is drugs. Like, I'm Literally, not going like to be like, thing struggling in drugs when I'm already an illegal person. When you're already doing, like, a like committing a serious crime. Yeah, and then people are like, oh, well, they're just rapists. But, like, <laughs> like what? That's such a broad like, statement. Like, that's that just, like, so, just, like, logically false, That you is know? just, like, not it. And, then like, again, if I'm already an illegal person, the last thing I'm going to do is participate in more illegal activity. Well, exactly. To make myself draw more attention. In itself, it's a fallacy. I mean, if well, I, 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 I forget the... <laughs> I, I, I like for, it is though. It, yeah, it's the one where they tie it to uh, the origin. Where I mean, it's oh, like yeah, because um, I mean, Mexico. No, no. <laughs> um, I forget what it is. Whatever 
It is. It's it's tying some something to its origin and then evaluating it based off of its origin. So I mean, everybody knows the Mexican government is just insanely corrupt. The police there is insanely corrupt, and um, and I mean, the crime. It's just crime infested. So when these people are fleeing such country and they're they're automatically generalized with with that population, which is horrible. I mean. In itself, it's a fallacy. And as Dennis said, these places are running rampant with crime. So if you are part of the crime, why would you go away from it? Like, wouldn't you stay and just uh, participate in more crime? The people that are fleeing are people that don't want to participate in the illegal activity. So they're trying to get somewhere that's safe. If I am a gang member or a rapist or a drug dealer in a place that's crime ridden, that sounds like my heaven because then they're there's more people to distract the police from me. So why would I run to somewhere well, like, that's more exactly. safe? And I think, like, I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, I feel that the Trump administration specifically just doesn't want, you know, like, minorities, like, coming in this country. And I hate to, like, be that blunt with it, but, like, it's the truth. Like, they, they just, they don't want, like, brown and black people from third world countries coming into the United States. And they've shown that through, like, their comments of, different third world African countries and different third world Latin America countries. But they like, they don't say anything about like illegal immigrants coming from white countries in Europe. Like they only say any, they only say stuff about illegal immigrants coming from South America, which I think really shows the hypocrisy of this administration. That's yeah. That I agree with you why it's uh, Mexico has 12.3 million migrants a year. Whereas India surpasses that number and Russia just barely trails behind uh, Mexico. So it's definitely not just Mexico. I mean, we even get uh, Bangladesh and China um, in, in that pool of the top five of uh, migrant countries or nationalities, might I say, that are uh, migrating over to the United States. So it's not just Mexico. And uh, fun fact, drugs... Not a lot of drugs pass through the border. I mean, I mean, never heard of uh, airplanes, I guess, then, or uh, ships and what, whatever else. I mean, cocaine's huge on ships. Like, most of it comes from China anyway nowadays. I mean, it is sort of a false perception that most of the drugs are coming from Mexico. Okay. So just to summarize this topic, I think we all agreed, like, DAGA should stay, basically, because, like, it helps a lot of people and it benefits them. Like, it gets them, like, Social Security cards, driver's license, like, the opportunity to like make a life like somewhere probably a lot better than your country and like you know overall it's just like a good program that should stay um so i kind of wanted to take it to education i guess like an educational standpoint Ooh. um <laughs> so okay well not our <laughs> education um so we're all going to college right Right? No. Okay. Okay. For UC, yeah. November thirtieth. CSU is today. Anyways, <laughs> we we all plan on going to college at least. Um, but now, like states, especially like California, they're allocating a lot of their funding with like scholarships and grants and stuff like that. And they're kind of widening the application pool to illegal immigrant students. Like, so I just wanted to know what your guys' opinions were on that. All right. 
Could, could you repeat the question one more time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are your opinions on illegal immigrant students being added into the pool for like scholarships and grants being given to all students in general? I think it's a good program because I know I personally know a lot of people that like are immigrants and like are in school right now, and I think like it can help them like you know make a life for themselves like in this country like get an education not just like be lazy and like just sit around because like they're immigrants or whatever. So I think it's a good program since it helps them you know. <laughs> and I think that like in terms of how scholarships largely work, usually like usually they go on the basis of like who like which students are most disenfranchised based on certain like demographic and like socioeconomic um, information. And I think by large, not like really immigrants, but um, like illegal immigrants specifically are a very like disenfranchised group in this country. And I think that like, if we're sitting here like putting forth DACA programs and stuff like that, like why wouldn't we, you know, help these people like pay for their tuition at their university? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea because most people's arguments against having immigrants here is that, oh, they're just um, they just suck up taxpayer dollars because all they do is sit around. They don't work. But by giving them a college education, by offering them scholarships, that is just going to make them more motivated to get a higher up job so that they can be a better functioning part of society. And I want to bring up, too, that there was um, I read an article last night about um this college that uh, it was fake and they tried to get only people that they thought might be illegal to enroll. And then once people oh, yeah, did enroll that. and they marked that they were illegal and that they would be applying for a student visa, they deport, they got ICE to raid all of them. So. Yeah, that's uh, no bueno. No but like, how wow. is, but like, how is that not like illegal to like create like a fake institution and then like lure, you know, DACA recipients like into this fake institution and then like deport them once they like have to like declare their immigration status but then like this university was sitting here like advertising itself as like a university that was friendly towards non-documented students and then for them to just like kind of use that as like a way of entrapment to get these people to reveal their immigration status I think is just something that like really shouldn't be allowed your voice went up to down sorry <laughs> i'm looking at the monitor um no yeah so like i would i just kind of wanted to like bring that up because like i know a lot of people would probably be against it because like it puts their like status of getting a scholarship or something like that like it kind of jeopardizes like a citizen versus non-citizen for example it kind of like puts their um application a bit lower for like consideration because of um the fact that illegal immigrants are being <laughs> we, <laughs> we took a picture sorry there was but, a like, selfie session in place <laughs> no okay but like like for citizens their status for getting or like receiving grants and scholarships they're like jeopardized because um now like different states are trying to give um i guess better like more quality of a status for different illegal immigrant students which i personally think can have its pros and cons to be honest but for the most part i'm kind of for that because it's just promoting legal um immigration 
or not even legal immigration, but like it it provides like most immigrants an incentive to try and like be like contributing members of society. <laughs> so um what I mean I know this this has nothing to do with education but what do you guys feel about 21 savage and uh, <laughs> what <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> and and the fact that he can't uh tour internationally because he has an expired visa that's that's like David Dobrik he can't leave the country <laughs> Oh no no wait, that's a, that's a separate thing they 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 want to kick him out of the oh. country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he he's from the United Kingdom so I Who, mean David <laughs> 21 no. Savage I'm 21 yeah, Savage that's what yeah, I thought yeah. yeah. And here's where personal interviews would go bad because I don't like 21 <laughs> no. Savage. So if I was his interviewer I would kick him out of the country oh. because I don't like him. Let's get him Boy. out. Let's Boy. Kick him out. Do we want to move on to any <laughs> final topics? <laughs> what final topic? No, did you Wait, did you actually want to discuss that though? Like Twenty One Savage, not? No, I was just bringing it up. I ah, mean, it's got it's it. interesting. Got know, it's it. not just Mexico; it's the United Kingdom too. Those those Brits, man. Wait, the United Kingdom yeah, doesn't he's from want United him to. Kingdom. He had, <laughs> Wait. He had, so so he, here here's the deal. He had a two year visa. Oh we um. Oh wait, no. He arrived as a child from the United Kingdom, and uh, his visa expired. So, from a child years, or um, or, or youth, <laughs> he just kept living uh, in the United Sophie. States. The United Kingdom. No, we are not doing that. I have a pretty good country accent that I would like to show off. So I'm not mad. <laughs> Sorry, we just derailed for like a whole four minutes. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, 21 Savage, relatable. Um, it, it was just, just pointing out the fact that it's not just um, Mexico and it'll crack down on anyone, even millionaires. Yes. I mean, if we're seriously talking about 21 Savage, I think he should be able to tour internationally. Because it's not like he's permanently staying in the place that he's touring. Like, you know, he could have someone that could, like, monitor it. But, like, he's doing a show, he's moving. He's doing a show, he's moving. I mean, like, other artists, I mean, I know it's different. But, like, when other artists do um, international tours, like, you know, they don't stay in the country. They stay in that country for, like, one to two days. But they're going to come back to the United States where his visa expires. Well, I mean, yeah, but he should still be able to do the tour. He just might not be allowed back into the country. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> then I wouldn't recommend leaving. <laughs> well, if, that's, if the tour is more important, then he can, he can do that. I mean, see, he's working, so... He's, he I mean, facts. He's a functioning member of society. I mean, he has a full fan base, people that look up to him, and he's, like, a millionaire, so it's, like... You know, yeah, and I think are... that, you know, like, one of the main arguments against, like, illegal illegal immigration is that illegal immigrants, like, somehow, like, don't pay taxes. But, like, if they're working, then, like, they're having to file, like, a W-2 or, like, whatever the form is. So, like, they're having to, like, pay taxes. Like, I don't really get where, like, that argument comes. I mean, maybe they're maybe they're not paying, like, property taxes or whatever. But, like, I, re- I mean, even then, like, I really realistically don't think that that's like a decent argument and if they're millionaires they have to pay even more taxes exactly so that which is even better for the country so well what do you guys think about the fact that he was uh released 
after nine days in detention, whereas some kids, like, they, they just stay there. Those look like cigarettes. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was in his, uh, he was detained by ICE for uh, nine days. Right. Whereas some children, uh, I mean, I, I don't think they ever leave until they're uh, exited in their own way out of the country. That's just like, I feel like that's just kind of bias so is, so in a way. So is there a status Yeah, involved? I, I feel a, like a, there uh, is some kind of, because like, Yeah, and like I hate to, I, I mean I hate to say it, but I mean, like, people like Jeff Bezos pay less in taxes every year than like illegal immigrants as a whole do. Like, I didn't like even pay taxes. No, yeah, like literally, like didn't like <laughs> Jeff Bezos like not pay anything in taxes? Yet people are out here like complaining that like illegal immigrants like somehow don't pay taxes, but like in reality they do, and like no one's saying anything about like Jeff Bezos or any other or like Elon Musk or like any other like rich billionaire like not paying taxes and not like you know like contributing their fair share. Anyways. I don't know about Elon Musk, but I'm I'm pretty freaking sure that <laughs> Bezos had his own like yeah. Although hey he did donate whatever he donated to uh <laughs> something out there. I forget what it was. Yeah. We should we should wrap it up. Okay, and then with that, this is the end of um, the TCC <laughs> podcast on the topic of immigration. My name's Erica. My name is Wyatt. My name's Shayna. Thank you for having me. My name's Sophie Eiserman. And my name's Dennis. <laughs> we out.